Hello, listeners. Jordan here. I just want to let you know that you can listen to Nighttime early and ad-free on Amazon Music. Include it with Prime. I've got great news for listeners of the Nighttime podcast. After receiving many requests, the time has come, and I now have Nighttime podcast apparel. T-shirts, to be exact. I'm embarrassed this has taken me so long, but I'm very particular about this sort of thing, and I'm glad to say my comparison shopping saga turned out to be well worth the trouble. I'm going to sell the first run of the shirts at cost, so don't let the price deceive you. These are high quality, and I couldn't be happier with them. The patron supporters will have the first opportunity to get one, so patrons, keep your eyes on your email accounts, because you'll hear from me about that soon. For everyone else who's interested, I'll be adding a new section to my website where you can order the shirt shortly. I'll let you know when I'm ready to start taking orders via postings to my Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram accounts, and of course I'll be leaving a message about it in an upcoming episode. For any of you considering custom apparel for your business, podcast, project, or event, I want to tell you about the Halifax-based shop I used. They're called Fresh Prints. They've been a go-to shop for over a decade now. You can find them at freshprincehalifax.com. As an added bonus, they're offering listeners of the Nighttime Podcast a 20% discount off your next order placed between now and July 1st. So take advantage of this great deal and contact them with the promo code East Coast Lips. That's L-I-P-S. So take it from me, Fresh Prince do great work. You are tuned to the Nighttime Podcast, focusing on the fringe of Atlantic Canada. Mysteries, crime, the paranormal, and the weird. All under the soft glow of the moon. Welcome. Now, here is your host, Jordan Boneparty. When I think back to my younger years and the many questionable decisions I've made, I'm thankful to have grown up in small-town Cape Breton. From a dead-end street in a town of just over 20,000, many of the world's more complicated situations were kept far out of my reach. It may not be as apparent in my voice as it is on my face, but I was raised in a world that hasn't existed for many moons. As age and experience were teaching me how to balance adventure and risk, the world was busy changing in almost every way. Most significantly, the widespread adoption of the internet and social media now provides us the ability to connect with people from all corners of the globe, for better or worse. In tonight's episode, we'll hear a story that is very recent and very modern. Recent because these events just finished unraveling themselves in the national news, and modern because without the technological benefits of our modern age, I have a hard time thinking of a circumstance in which a missing 20-year-old girl from small-town Cornerbrook, Newfoundland would turn up in such an unlikely way. You may be aware of the basic details of this story already, as this was widely reported in the prior month. However, this coverage will be unique, as I hope to offer the central figure of the story an opportunity she felt the traditional media didn't allow. I've invited her to share her story with us in her own words. Tonight, we'll hear about the brief but unusual disappearance of Newfoundland resident Kayla Reed. During this episode, you'll hear a timeline covering the key moments of the story, and then we'll be joined by Kayla. For the duration of the episode, I'll be referring to Kayla by her preferred name, Ray, 
which is an abbreviated version of Sunray, a name she recently adopted. So without any further delay, let's begin. The story of Sunray's disappearance begins two months ago, back when she was still commonly known as Kayla Reed. On February 23rd, she spoke to her family and told them she was going to attend a church-related retreat. But for all intents and purposes, she seemed to simply vanish. After a few days without any contact from Kayla, people around her became concerned and her family began questioning those close to her. In retracing her footsteps and discovering her last known activities, they found out that she had told others she was going across the province to Newfoundland's largest city, St. John's, which is a roughly seven-hour drive from her small town of Cornerbrook. Within a week of her last being seen, and with no contact being made with her, it was clear something unusual was happening, and a missing persons report was filed. It was at this point that Kayla's name and photograph would start being circulated in the local news reports. According to these initial reports, the focus of the search was still in the St. John's area of Newfoundland. However, two weeks later, when Kayla would be found, it wouldn't be in St. John's or anywhere else in Newfoundland. It would be in one of the last places anyone would have thought to look. Before we proceed further into the story, we need to back up to the time just prior to Sunray's disappearance. During this period of her life, she had become increasingly interested in religious and spiritual teachings and concepts. One of the teachers that caught Kayla's interest goes by the name Nature Boy. He and his cult, the Aetherians, live on a sprawling patch of land in Costa Rica, far from the rocky shores of Newfoundland. Despite living in relative isolation and preaching the benefits of a natural existence, Nature Boy utilizes the benefits of modern technology as he broadcasts his teachings far and wide via his surprisingly popular YouTube channel, Nature Boy TV. It was after the release of one of Nature Boy's videos where this story went from a missing persons case into something truly unique. On March 3rd, a video was uploaded to Nature Boy's YouTube and Facebook channel. In the video, titled, Download from Master Teacher Nature Boy, the cult leader is standing outside a large home backdropped by a tropical forest. As he paces back and forth, he's surrounded by his followers, some of whom are filming him on their cell phones while others are simply laying in the grass. As the video progresses, Nature Boy attempts to explain his belief that the sun has manifested itself on earth to create black women, which he refers to as the archetype. Nature Boy next continues to explain that over time humanity has been degraded to the point which some of us have the body of the archetype and some of us are left just with the archetype's mind, or as he puts it, the software of the archetype. To give an example of someone possessing the mind but lacking the body of the archetype, he asks a member of the group watching him to stand up, and sure enough, it's Kayla, living amongst a cult over 5,000 kilometers from home. As she stands with Nature Boy, she looks very out of place and seems to be in a sort of stunned state. Here's audio of the portion of the video where Kayla was first seen. So humanity has strayed from the hardware, the software. Oh, the hardware is still here. The hardware has created other hardwares that is not them. Mm -hmm. But here we have iPhones, 
which is the original archetype, which is the black woman, with softwares of the lower self. This is why you see some uh, hardware that are lower self with the consciousness, the software of the higher self. That's where you have my friend. Hand up, let everybody know your name. I'm Ray. Yeah. Peace reflection. How did Ray. you pop up here? Sun Ray. Wow. Sun Ray. <laughs> Ray's here. Wait, isn't Nature Boy a prejudice? Isn't he racist? Yeah. How does he have white people there? This hardware that you are you are now looking at, this hardware is a mutation hardware from the archetype. This reflection here is a reflection of that. And this is where it gets tricky because we're all broken up in all kinds of ways, but no one truly knows what the archetype is anymore. Mm. You cannot become the archetype or be the archetype without having the archetype software. Yeah. So here is one that doesn't have the arch what archetype hardware, but has the archetype software. Here is one that doesn't have the archetype hardware, but has the archetype Software consciousness. With Kayla's location now determined, the local police were able to reach her and confirm she was okay, concluding their missing persons investigation. However, Kayla was still missing in the eyes of her family. After this video surfaced, Kayla did contact her family back in Newfoundland, but only to let them know that she was never going to return and that Nature Boy and his Ethereans are her real family. Her mother, Tammy, appeared on CBC Radio and shared the story of the strange disappearance and subsequent reappearance with Nature Boy's group. Kayla did call me. I was happy to hear that she was okay. But in the background, you could hear Nature Boy uh, more or less telling her what to say. The conversation was very disturbing. She said that uh, she has no family. She has no mother or brother or sister. It was a very disturbing conversation. What did you say to her? I told her that we are your family, and we love you and care about you, and we miss you. You told her, no doubt, that you wanted her to come home. Yes. She said she wasn't coming home. And what do you know about this group that she's joined? Just by watching the videos on uh, Facebook or YouTube, uh, that's all we really know. We're just more or less watching it, keeping an eye on him, see if we can see Kayla. What concerns does it raise for you when you watch those videos? Uh, not normal atmosphere at all. Obviously, there was a lot of attention from the national media as a local girl disappearing only to turn up with a controversial religious group in Costa Rica wasn't like much else being reported on. It was with this new public attention to the case that things really began to ramp up. In the days just after her mother went public with the situation, Kayla set up a Facebook profile using the new name Sunray. On the account, she hosted a Facebook Live appearance in which she spoke at length about why she left, and she begged people not to try to contact her. She also declared that under no circumstance would she return to Babylon, which is Nature Boy's cult's name for the world outside of their group. As this Facebook Live appearance stretched on in length and slowly gained viewers, people close to her began writing in the comments asking her to come home, but to no avail. In response to their messages of I love you, she stated that they didn't know what love is and explained that the family looking for her is not who she considers to be her family. 
Sadly, I can't share any of the audio of this clip as shortly after the Facebook Live appearance, this video as well as this profile were removed. In the days after this Facebook Live appearance, things seemed to move really fast. CBC would next publish an article outlining their investigation into Nature Boy's history. As they discovered, he's a former American citizen named Elijah Bishop, who worked as a male model and had a lengthy criminal record that included prostitution. This CBC article also made references to immigration laws that may be used to find a legal way to force Kayla back to Newfoundland. In continuing the back and forth between the Canadian media and the Ethereum social media presence, Nature Boy and Kayla would together release a video refuting much of what CBC wrote about him, but also, in a surprising twist, they stated Kayla will return to Canada to avoid any possible legal trouble for the group. Peace reflection. Peace reflection. Right now is not very a happy moment. We're going to do this live video together um, to basically have our own voices and explain ourselves from our own point of view before the media gets this. So they won't mix the words up, because that's what they do. They, the first interview I did in his article, he basically depicted me to be some terrible person. We, we basically wanted to say our side of the story on what's going on here and why pretty much Sunray decided to go back to Canada. So I'm gonna start off by saying this. Nature Boy set out to be the change in the world. My message is pure. My culture is nature. They're trying to depict me in the media as someone that is dangerous, someone that has stole their white daughter. If they can get people to believe that I'm holding Sunray against her will and that I'm a cult member and I'm a dangerous black man, then they can come kill me. The media wants to depict me as someone that is dangerous, that stole someone's daughter, that is controlling her mind, manipulating her mind, because they know that I speak the truth, and now she's speaking the truth, and they can't have that. Over the next 24 hours, Nature Boy and his followers would make a series of Facebook posts showing that Kayla's aunt bought a plane ticket to fly her from Costa Rica to Florida where the aunt was. The last Facebook post made showed Kayla and one of the Ethereans at a Costa Rican airport. And from there, there was just silence. There were some brief news articles relaying the news that Kayla was set to return home. But with the back and forth over and her on her way back, the news cycle moved on. As it turns out, however, the story isn't over. And we haven't heard much from Sunray since her return, but tonight you will. Once I heard the story, I was caught up in it and made it my mission to reach Sunray and invite her on the show to share her story with you. At first, it wasn't easy, as upon her return to Newfoundland, she was admitted to a hospital for a period of time. But as soon as she was released, we connected and she agreed to let me ask her some questions about this strange, strange story. I wasn't sure what to expect when I contacted Sunray at a temporary home she's staying at in Newfoundland, but after speaking with her, I can understand her motivation a little better than I did just by reading the news articles. So now that you know the story, we can get into my conversation with Sunray.
Before I cut to the clip, I do want to avoid any interruption in the conversation with her by taking a brief moment to hear from a sponsor of the Nighttime Podcast. Without their support and the support of the show's patron supporters, this wouldn't be possible. After a long day of lineups, plastics, and impatience, I look forward to spending some quiet time with my favorite person. But he wouldn't cuddle. So why don't you like cuddling me at night? Because you have a squiffy face. These things. The whiskers? Yeah. You have to stop them from glowing. Okay, I'll see what I can do. As soon as I noticed he was sleeping on the far corner of the pillow, I decided I needed a new razor. I remembered my friends at Astonishing Legends mentioned Harry's, and I decided I'd go for it. When it arrived, my first thought was that the package and the razor itself were beautiful, but where they really won me over was the performance of the blade. After feeling the comfort and closeness of Harry's, I'll never go back, and my boy feels the same way. Oh, it was good at How's it feel? Great. So once upon a time, two ordinary guys, Jeff and Andy, were tired of getting ripped off, so they bought a blade factory and fixed shaving. By simply selling at a fair price to good folks over the internet, Harry's are able to offer their blades at half the price as I've been paying at the annoying Jeremy drugstore. They're making it easy for listeners of the Nighttime Podcast to make the switch. You pay just the $3 to ship it, and they'll send you a razor handle, five precision-engineered blades, shave gel, and a travel blade cover. So stop what you're doing and claim your free trial today. Go to harrys.com slash nighttime right now. That's harrys.com slash nighttime. Peace reflection. Peace reflection. Welcome back. I'll cut to my interview with Sunray now. So just to start, Ray, can, can you just tell me a little bit about yourself, like who you are, where you're from, how old you are? Yeah, of course. I just had turned 21 while I was actually in Costa Rica. I'd, I'm not celebrating any holidays anymore, so I didn't celebrate my or celebrate the birthday. I didn't really celebrate Christmas like I normally do uh, the past Christmas. I grew up on Brook, Newfoundland, and I've I'm really into like uh, the arts and like painting. I skateboarded for a little while. I'm uh, really into music, like all different kinds of genres, really. I really uh, like to listen to like jazz, uh, more like earthy kind of music. Before all this happened with you in Costa Rica and Nature Boy, can, can you just tell me a bit about what was going on in your life? Like as of, say, two months ago before this happened, what was going on? Uh, well, I actually had tried to go to Hawaii before I went to Costa Rica. And this uh, had ended up me being admitted into a hospital. So I was uh, I got out of there after like a week or two, and I was spending a lot of time alone. Like I was doing a lot of research and really applying uh, information to my the information I was learning to my own life. So uh, I just wanted to be alone, to be honest. So. Yeah, I was spending a lot of time uh, in my own uh, in my own space. And like when you said researching, like I'm guessing reading about like spirituality and, and religion, these sorts of things. Yeah, spiritual spiritual uh, spiritual concepts and 
different ways of life. Yeah, what led you down the path of being interested in that? Did you like? Do you feel like you were missing something in your life, or was there just maybe a greater purpose that you felt you were going to reach? Uh, I would say both. We're so much more than what we have been uh, taught that we are. I don't think that we're just this body. I think that we're also consciousness that is not only here, but also somewhere else. Interesting. This is the first I had heard about you going to, to Hawaii. Just before we get into Costa Rica, what was, the, what was drawing you to Hawaii? What was your plan with that? Yeah, I actually had planned to do some kind of exchange. Like, There's some different websites, like one is called HelpX or WorkAway, where you can go and do a work a certain amount of hours and you get like a place to stay and food included. Okay. And yeah, so something similar to this I was looking into, like maybe working at an organic farm or a hostel or a hotel. Okay. So it wasn't like a religious uh, event or retreat? No. Okay. And that didn't happen and instead you were you were omitted, as you mentioned, in a hospital for a period. When you got out of the hospital, how long was it until you got connected with with Nature Boy and his followers in Costa Rica? It wasn't really that long. Like it was probably about a week or yeah, something like that. How, how did you get in touch with them? Could you just tell me about what what connected you with them? Yeah, a man, uh, a being that I was following on YouTube for about a year or so, a little less than a year. He recommended Nature Boy and also a lot of a, a few others. Mm-hmm. And now Nature Boy in in his his group in particular, you must have connected with in a deeper level, seeing as as you eventually went to Costa Rica to be with them. What in- interested you so much with what they were doing? Like, what about his teachings resonated so strongly with you? What really resonated with me was uh, they started to break down our reality and. I started to realize, like, oh, this is why I'm feeling the way I am living here because I'm not connected like I'm supposed to be. The environment is in hibernation. I belong closer to the equator. I belong closer to the sun. Yeah, I belong in a green environment where there's a high level of oxygen. And I I just could not understand why we were paying for our food when we can... uh, live in the tropics where there's no price tags on the food hanging from the trees. Before I even met him, I was looking at everything like everything is one and God is everything. And I just couldn't really put what I was, uh, everything that I felt in my heart. It's like he put it into words and he like broke all, he broke life down for me. I understand. And can you tell me about what led to you being connected with with them to the point that you were were going to actually go go to Costa Rica? Like I'm assuming you were you were communicating directly by like email or whatnot. Can you just talk a bit about how it evolved from watching his videos to you know buying a plane ticket to go down there? The first day that I found the videos, I actually messaged had messaged the tribe, and we talked for a few days. Uh, big thing that they study there is uh, astrology, astrological energy. This is what is our personality. So they uh, got me to get my astrological natal chart. So I looked that up on uh, 
Cafe Astrology or Tarot.com and got that and yeah, it really changed my life uh, studying this uh, information about my myself and so yeah, it was only about a week or two when I was off to Costa Rica. Were they inviting you to go or were you asking, can I go down there? Like how, what turn, turned the switch to you, you know, making plans to leave? They uh, have mentioned in the videos that they're building a community and a tribe. So I kind of asked, like a lot of us had, if we could join mm -hmm. or if we could be of a service. And they accepted you? Yeah. What I know about the story is mainly what was reported in the media and on CBC. And it seems like a lot of people, or, or maybe even everyone, w was unaware that, that you were leaving Newfoundland to go to Costa Rica. Did you tell others of your plan, or was this something you were keeping secret? Well, since uh, I had tried to leave before to go somewhere else, and I've been, uh, I kind of only told a couple people, mm -hmm. a couple beings in my life. So I just didn't feel like. I owed anyone an explanation, and I just wanted to have a fresh uh, start. So I didn't think I was going to be in contact. Like I got rid of my, I got rid of a cell phone. I was going to get a new phone when I got down there. All right. And and how did you get down there? Like of course by plane, but did you like did you just have the money and you know just bought a plane ticket and left? Yeah. Well. Yeah. Basically. What was it like when you arrived? Could you just talk about the experience of being, you know, a 20-something from Newfoundland, you know, getting on a plane and walking out of the airport at Costa Rica? What were you feeling when you, when you showed up there? Yeah, it, I had a very warm welcoming when I got there. It would have been nice to not be uh, having to be so secretive, of a, secretive about the whole thing. Uh, I think that caused a bit of uh, tension in me that was could have been avoided. But everything happens for a divine reason. Yeah, so Melanation, they were very welcoming. Like, I don't think I've ever had such a warm, a warm welcome. I, I heard of them called the Ethereans. You just call them something nation. What do they go by? There, there's going to be more than one tribe. Their mm. tribe is actually the Ethereans. Yeah. But uh, they're going to have a nation, which is Melanation. Could you, uh, in, you, you don't have to go too in-depth, but can you explain in, in a basic sense what uh, Nature Boy's belief system is or what the Ethereans believe. I've watched videos and, and I have a basic idea of it myself, but, but I'd just like to hear you tell me about what what their belief system is and what they're out there doing. Yeah, of course. Yeah, their belief system is uh, they go by the laws of nature. So nature is very organized. Everything has its purpose. Everything has its use. So they are very sustainable and make very good use of uh, everything that they have and is very in uh, order, very honest environment, very open. And they have uh, a um, some, I won't say odd ways of speaking, but different ways of speaking. It seems like he, when when I've watched Nature Boy's videos, he, he takes words and kind of breaks breaks them into um, alternate meanings like just for example instead of saying his self he'll use the word cell like c-e-l-l -L. what where does that come from like i'm guessing he's just looking into the to the words and other things they may mean or, or is there something behind that well uh we're we're really taught to uh we're taught in society that to look at ourselves as separate from others so we're all truly uh, connected, and that sounds cliche, but in all actuality, we're really all connected in a very deep way. So 
we don't realize how powerful our words are. Our words can uh, heal or they can they can hurt. Like you know, they could heal or they can uh, wo wound. Our words are very powerful, and yeah, I guess uh, we would say like myself, or we would say um, one, like. I, I'm sure you heard me be saying one a lot. Yes. Because it trains our subconscious mind to think of, uh, see our reflection in another. I've, I've also heard that a lot is saying like uh, reflection, peace reflection. What, what is the meaning of that? We, we, we hear that we're all images of God, right? Mm -hmm. So let's say God is, a, uh, God is a big, huge mirror, and the mirror gets smashed into all these little pieces. You're still God, like, all you can ever be is God. If, if it was a big, huge uh, mirror and all the little pieces, all of, his, all of it is uh, pieces of God. So that's why we call ourselves Reflection, because we all are pieces of, uh, like, we're, we are the universe expressing ourselves in a different uh, w way. Okay, that, that makes sense now hearing you describe it. Could you tell me a bit about life there with the Etherians? Like what, what, are, what I saw was the videos you put on Facebook and it looks like they have like a, a pretty good amount of land and a nice little, nice little home on the land. What's it like there? Can you just describe it? Yeah, uh, well, we, have a, we had a, a house there and we would do a lot of like mu music and artwork and studying and teaching and stuff actually in the house, do our cooking, and uh, we would have we would have food at solar noon. Uh, the, we had te all the tents set up in front of the house, which was overlooking a, uh, all these mountains. The uh, stars, like, I've never seen stars like the, the stars here, and the wildlife noises were so, like, magical uh, at night and in the day. And now you went there uh, feeling like you you needed a closer connection with nature when you were there in the tents and you know the, with the view of the mountains and all this that you just described inside like did, did you feel better did it feel like that's what you needed yeah it definitely felt like it was uh, when what I needed it's almost like I feel like sometimes things happen it's like maybe it's not what we wanted but it's what we needed and I think everything that's uh how life is sometimes like things happen and it's it ends up being what we need it yeah I think uh, the, the time I spent there was the was the uh, exactly how long I needed to be there just getting back to arriving in, in Costa Rica so you mentioned it was secretive you didn't let many people know where you were going from the time that you arrived until when it was reported in the news that that you were missing, we'll say, uh, were you in touch with people? Like, were you getting emails, or, or did you even have any way to connect with anybody? <laughs> yeah, uh, well, in the Newfoundland news, some of the family, they already knew I was uh, missing before they had reported it to the Canadian news. Mm -hmm. But I didn't get in contact with them until, like, I was there for about three weeks. We actually talked before she got on the uh, country's news mm -hmm. um, and I'm, I'm assuming um, just like the videos you released later you were not interested in, in coming back to Newfoundland it seemed initially that your plan was to stay to stay with the Etherians in Costa Rica yeah that's right okay now when 
the the news caught wind of it when it was on the Newfoundland news and CBC was was reporting it. How did you find out about that all the way in Costa Rica? Like, I'm I'm guessing you you must have been reading about, as this was unfolding. Yeah, I was. I was I was staying into I was staying uh, uh, tuned into what was going on. How did you feel hearing that you know people were looking for you and, and worried about you this way? I I kind of laughed to be honest when I first seen the news. Like, I just thought it was kind of just ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And I think um, I sensed that when I watched the first Facebook post you did from Costa Rica, you you had set up an account and made a, a video of, of you talking. And you did, for the most part, I think, address your, your family back home, indicating, you know, you, you weren't interested in coming back. And I think you may have even asked people not to look look for you or try to contact you. Is, is that what, what you were thinking? You just wanted to be left alone? Yeah, that's right. I did. How did it expand beyond that because it, it went from a local story in Newfoundland but then almost within a period of a day or two it, it really blew up and they, they had a big CBC did a big story on Nature Boy's background and there was a couple different articles about you know how they wanted to get you back to Canada and you know and what their plans were all the way in Costa Rica were you feeling pressure from your family back in in Newfoundland and the you know the Canadian government to pull you back? I thought they uh, had this uh, story, and they basically ran with it because they don't really have much else to talk about. And I don't really think I think most of the news, like probably ten percent, ten percent of the news is the truth. Like most of it is only there to program uh, society. When you when you were there, the. Uh... You, I believe it was you and Nature Boy did speak to to CBC, and I don't believe you were happy with the the way they described what you were doing. Did you feel like they were not being truthful with what was happening with you? Yeah, I felt like they weren't being truthful about uh, about Nature Boy, and it it was it was just to promote uh, fear, really, and that ain't how I roll. So <laughs> I didn't I didn't agree with it. it with with Nature Boy and the Etherians, they were described by the Canadian media as a as a cult. Is is that do they refer to themselves that way, or, or how do they react to people thinking of them as like a typical cult? Well, they uh, they got called a cult, and then they started to go with it because instead of adding a negative uh, meaning to it or a negative way of a way of thinking of it. They just they searched it and it actually means uh, the definition is a way of uh, a way of living like a way of life with rules and it's not a it's not a negative thing and everything has rules and uh, everything is a culture even if we don't want to admit it mm-hmm. everything we're all part of a culture and when you were there with them did you feel pressure like they were trying to control you or take advantage of you in some way no i mean i look at it differently now that i'm back but when i was there like i did not feel that way and you say you look at it differently now like in hindsight looking back at your time there what have you how have your thoughts changed yeah i think i was in a very vulnerable uh, place in my life so i've gotten a lot stronger since i uh, left and I just feel like it was so much changing going on. Like, I I just, I found a lot of myself when I was there. 
And yeah, it just made me realize like what I do want in my life and what I don't. Well, we'll we'll come back to that. But when you were when you were there in Costa Rica and the media was you know trying to contact you and all this was blowing up, it, it seemed very sudden that you decided to get on an airplane and come back home to Canada. Can you tell me about why you left and and maybe also tell me about how it all went down and you know how you actually got back? Yeah, we had a uh, we had a meeting and. Nature Boy had decided that I should uh, head back because of all the uh, all the hype, mm-hmm. and also uh, four four others of, of the uh, members actually got told to go as well. So I ended up getting on the plane back to uh, Florida. I I met up with some with some family in Florida and I stayed there for about ten days. It was a transitioning time. And so you stayed in Florida for the 10 days, and then from there, you you came back to Newfoundland? Yeah, that's right. And based on what I heard you, you describe in some of your videos, it seems like there was a bit of negotiation between you and your family before before you returned. Can you tell me anything about, you know, how how that relation, how that was happening between you and, and your mother? I said there would be conditions for me coming back, like, I would need to get my own space, and I definitely needed a phone so I could be expressing myself and stay connected. I've been taking care of my own self, really, like, uh, finding my... Well, she had bought me a phone, and then she had taken it away, and so I I got my own phone afterwards, and things didn't go exactly as I thought they... Not that I thought they would go, but it's like things turned out in another way. Mm-hmm. Even though we made these uh, conditions, I've been like lied to, and I've been I've been stolen, had my passport stolen since I've been back, and things are just uh, occurring, and it's kind of it's okay because I know everything's gonna work out. So now that you're back in in Newfoundland, can you tell me like how your your friends and family are reacting to to your return? Like I'm thinking there must be a lot to talk about with with you being back from Costa Rica and you being in the news like how how are people close to you dealing with this uh most of them are very supportive you know i have a lot of different uh feelings uh towards the whole family i think family is freak frequency family is who thinks the same as me uh so yeah it's been a it's been a bit of a it's been something else coming back for sure some of the family is more, uh, they understand more so than others, and I expected that, you know, it's, uh, not everyone's gonna really know, uh, why I'm doing what I'm doing, like, maybe they can't, they aren't putting themselves in my shoes so much, so, and that's okay. In the videos you, you released, you were referring to, um, them as, as not being, your family and that being you know a concept that you you don't believe in i'm thinking there must be some emotions related to that how how is your 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 biological family dealing with with this yeah i guess i have to ask them like it seems like they are uh taking it as best as they can and they're they're still uh they're still being supportive uh or or most most of the family anyways i gotta say are Really, just uh, saying, like, you know, follow, follow my, my heart, kind of thing. They ultimately, I, I assume, just want you to be happy, but also safe. 
it's more with the mother here. She's she's mostly who was she uh, needs to open open up her mind a little bit with the whole thing still. Can you tell me like where you are and what your living situation's like now? I'm actually living with a friend. Uh, it's actually someone uh, I went to school with. She doesn't live here in this house anymore. And her mom had come and visit me in the hospital. We have known each other for a long time, so yeah, like I, I'm staying uh, here. I have my own space, and this is what I'm doing right now until I get back to Costa Rica. Oh, so so you're definitely planning to go back? Yeah, I'm definitely returning to Costa Rica. I'm not going to be a part of the Ethereans, like uh, any, uh, not right now, or or I'm not going to return to that tribe. But you would like to return to a similar way of life in the future? Yeah, definitely. In a lot of your, your your videos and the way you describe everywhere other than Costa Rica, I've heard you refer to as, as Babylon. Can, can you just tell me about that concept, where that comes from and, and what that means? Yeah, I think uh, Babylon is a, a uh, place where we are going against our our natural nature so we're doing things that are unnatural for example putting a uh, chlorine in our water putting uh, all our food into a grocery store uh, making all the roads concrete things of this nature uh, straightening our hair dyeing our hair wearing deodorant uh, because if we were eating natural foods, we wouldn't need any. We wouldn't need deodorant. But we're covering ourselves up with these fake perfumes and stuff like this. Um. So when you returned from, so you were from Costa Rica, then to to Florida, then Florida to Newfoundland. I don't want to get too personal, but how did you end up in in the hospital? If, if you can tell me a bit about why you were in the hospital and, and how that happened. Yeah, the doctor had wanted to see me since I had returned to the island. So when he had seen me, I had to go see him because if not, it was apparently... I was told that it wasn't in my best interest not to go see him, so I went and seen him. And yeah, he had said that I was to go there, so... So it wasn't your decision, like you were you were made to go due to, I'm assuming, like concerns for, for mental health or something of that nature? Yeah, that's right. Okay. Um, and I don't want to pry again in your personal life, and I apologize if this is, oh, if, no. if this is too ahead. personal. Is, is, is mental health something you've struggled with in your life? Well, I, I feel that I have before. Like, I've had it, I have with anxiety and maybe depression a few years ago. But in the last few years, like I don't, I don't think I don't agree with the fact that I need uh, any medical uh, help. So I'm, I assume it's safe to say that you don't believe that your trip to Costa Rica and in this whole story, this isn't a symptom of a, of a mental health problem. You're a no, you're no. a you're a logical adult making these decisions. Yeah, yeah. I think I have a very good balance of uh, my logic and my uh, my feelings. So, so what comes next, Ray, for for you in the future? Like, what do, what are your plans for the next, you know, three, six months, year? What's what's next? Yeah, I'm actually planning to. I'm preparing. Let's uh, more so. I'm preparing to return back to Costa Rica. That'll be in the next coming weeks. I need to give myself like a plane ticket and 
give myself like a tent and I'm gonna either start my own tribe or uh, become part of another tribe. I'm actually, I actually had made a video uh, asking if anyone out there is uh, interested in donating that they can, uh, uh, yeah, did, you seen that video uh, mm -hmm. on my profile, have mm -hmm. you? Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, yeah, so I just like to uh, put that out there in the universe and if there's anyone out there that uh, would like to help Ray help your sister out, uh, yeah, I'm returning to Costa Rica, and uh, yeah, if anyone wants to uh, reach, uh, help help me out, then uh, I'd like to give my email there. Yeah, please. Okay, it's a uh, sun s u n ray r a y love l o v e seven at gmail dot com. And just for people out out there that are that are hearing that you're planning to return to Costa Rica, they may be hesitant to to get involved for fear of, of your health or safety. Could you just tell us a little bit about what your, your plan is when you get there? Like, do you have people arranged that you're meeting or, you know, what does that look like? I have a few friends that are living there right now. And also uh, who I'm staying with right now, note, uh, someone she knows also is there to be a service to me. If I uh, have any needs that they will meet up with me and, if I need a place to stay or if I need a, a way around and also people from the tribe are living in Costa Rica and also a, a girl that is living in Newfoundland she's actually doing something similar with her family and we've been uh, in contact so she's planning to make her own tribe. Uh, and you say like planning to to make a tribe and you, you had some thoughts yourself of starting your own tribe so when you get to Costa Rica, what is your, your plan over the next, you know, maybe five years? Could you tell me what you're thinking will happen? I don't usually, I'm uh, starting this thing where I'm actually preparing myself more so than planning. Mm -hmm. Like, I wouldn't be able to tell you where I'll be in a month from now, let alone five years. Okay. <laughs> I'd like to thank Sunray for taking the time to speak with me and for sharing her story with us. I hope to catch up with her in the future and release follow-up episodes keeping up with her personal and spiritual journey. Sunray, I hope you find what you're looking for in the world and in life. Just please stay safe and stay healthy as you look for it. And with that, we'll conclude tonight's episode of the Nighttime Podcast. If you're interested in hearing more content, please check out the Nighttime Patron Group. For $1 a month, you'll have access to my bonus content. You can join by visiting patreon.com slash nighttime podcast. On behalf of myself and the show's listeners, I'd like to thank the continued support of the show's current patrons and welcome the newest members to the group. Brian, Yvonne, Sean, Malcolm, Leland, Jason, and Rosa Maya. Without you all, the production of the show would be impossible. And to any of the patrons out there, I just got a new order of nighttime podcast stickers. If you'd like some, email me at nighttimepodcast at gmail.com and I'd be happy to send some out to you. I'd like to thank you for listening to the Nighttime Podcast. If you enjoy your time here, please rate, review, and subscribe to the show on whichever podcast platform you use. To stay up to date, follow me on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram where my handle is at nighttimepod. If you have any story ideas or feedbacks on the show, I always enjoy hearing from you at nighttimepodcast at gmail.com. 
I'm also looking to explore some personal stories from listeners of the show. So if anyone out there has anything interesting that's happened in life or within their family that they'd like to talk to me about, please send me an email. Until then, keep looking up and let me know if you see anything weird. We'll talk soon. The Nighttime Podcast is written, hosted, and produced by Jordan Bonaparte. Copyright Jordan Bonaparte. One day there was an old computer with poop all over it. And one boy walking up poop. But it was all full of poop. So you couldn't buy it. <laughs> oh, no. Silly me. Thank you for listening to the Night Time Podcast.